John Jazzy. Now let's go, Mr. Culture, say let's make it a big, big deal. Come on now, let's go. Hello, brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, children and parents, uncles and aunties, nieces and nephews, boys and girls, males and females, he and she, they and them. Welcome to Hero's Diary. And today, I have got someone in house today. Oh God. When they talk about culture, have you seen Africa? You think you know what Africa is? Today you will know Africa. Today, today you will see Africa. Don't mind that little thingy at the beginning, but right here we're going to go really, really, really into it. I am feeling the flow. The thing is coming from somewhere. Hey, without further ado, Mr. Ayodi Culture, what's up, my brother? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. I'm very well. So, eh, I'm cool. Cool. Of course you're cool. Don't be cool because you're sounding cool. Because, you know, we know your vibe. We know your vibration. We know everything you're bringing to this world, to this part of the world. Yeah. Everything about us that you're selling to the world. Bros, who are you? Well, um, my name is Anyon, Anyon Wale, Anyon Tola, popularly known as Anyon, the first Mr. Culture. Um, well, I was born to... Um, Drummer's family, yeah, and the um, this has been uh, this has started from my great grandfather. Pass it, he passed it on to my grandfather. My grandfather passed it on to me, and my dad. You know, well, I'm trying to pass it on to my children. You know, let's see how that you know works. <laughs> that goes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, um, so. Uh, like I said, I was born to um, drummer's family, and uh, at the early age of five, so I started, you know, performing with my dad and my uncles. So then, my dad actually made me that tiny drum. Right. So, and I was kind of just banging it like on and off, you know, the beat and things like that. So, um, wait. So as I was growing up. Uh, it became apparent that I was destined, you know, to become, you a know, great man, a, a man that will shake the world, so, yeah. that will perform in front of kings and queens. So, and, oh my yes. God! So then, my dad really, really tried his hardest to make sure that, you know, I didn't deviate, you know, from, you know, what he was doing because he used to tell me that. Whatever you do, I want you to carry on my grandfather's, you know, the heritage. Yes, the heritage. So when I started my um, primary school, um, I don't want to tell you the year now. So <laughs> whatever. Are you a bros? Are you a grandpa? Are you a grandfather? <laughs> now, okay. So anytime I came back from school, yeah. So my dad will have been performing somewhere. As soon as I came back, my mom would tell me that, oh, yeah, just put your, you know, uh, your notebook somewhere and go and join your dad and your uncles where they were performing. And I'd do that. So anyway, when I finished my primary school, so anytime I listened to uh, uh, albums of King Sonia Day, Chive Binizal Bay, Leeds, Barista and day. So I used to, you know, say to myself, what the talking drummers were playing in that album, I can do the same thing. So anyway, 
So then when I started my secondary school, I was still joining my uncles, my dad, wherever they were performing. But one day, something just struck my mind that, okay, talking drum is a very, very powerful musical instrument. Yeah. However, how many people know about it in Western world? Then I said to myself, I'm going to make it a big deal. Wow. Honestly, I was mm. very young. I was like, like how old maybe I was like 15. Hmm. So, and I said, oh, yeah, I will make it a big deal. Okay, and on and on, I was like the drummer for the dramatic society, you know. Um, anytime I came back from school, even though, even when I had exam, I'll still go and perform. And then, you see, then, when we are kind of like, um, you know, age of puberty and things like that, you know, when you discover yourself as a yes, big so boy, like, you are. all the girls, like, you can roll with me, the big boys. Me, I didn't care about any girls, like, you know, when I was performing with my uncles and my, my dad, I would just, you know, play it, play it. So they would be looking at me. So anyway, when I finished the secondary school, then <laughs> that was a big problem like because what? I was a very, very good science student. Right. And I actually, I aspired to become a medical doctor wow. or a pharmacist. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, okay. I was very close to my dad and I sat him down that um, I want to obtain jam, you know, to go to university. And my dad asked me, okay, well, do you like to go and study? And I said, you know, where? There's something they call science. You know, I'm very good in it. And, you know, I really want to become a medical doctor or a pharmacist. And my dad said no. Wow. He said That's no. That's very strange for an African father, though. Yes. And you see, in those days, you have that kind of utmost respect mm. for your elders and your dad that when they tell you something, you know, you'll be very scared of asking why. Why? So, and I said, okay, what would you like me to do? And he said to me that I would like you to continue my grandfather's heritage. heritage. Hmm. And he prayed for me and he said to me, you'll be highly blessed. Among your mates, they'll be looking up to you like this. And I said, okay, fine. So what did I do? I went to study drama art at OAU. Bafemiawolo uh, yes. University in Nigeria. Uh -huh, yes. So while I was in uni, I was studying uh, the course of Oshogo Art. Wow. I don't know if you have heard of uh, Nikkei Art Gallery. Oh, yeah, in Lagos. 77 yeah. and yeah. things yeah. like that. So, yeah. Which is a gallery that caters to a lot of sort of like yes. traditional African art. So I arts. actually studied that as well because I'm someone that I believe in streams of income. Mm. I don't believe in doing only one thing, you know. Okay, and I say, okay, if I become uh, a musician, whatever, so I still need something to back it up. So, so I went to study drama. I mean, I went to study uh, that Oshubu art as well. Yeah. So <clears throat> as I was in uni, I was already making money because anytime I produced my 
artworks. I used to sell it to different artworks. Creative drawing. Right. You know, creative drawing is different from landscapes, you know, seascapes or portraits. Mm. It's just imaginative drawing. Wow. So like what what do you draw? Like what 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 is this? Well, that's a very good question. Now, creative drawing um, or imaginative drawing, the type okay, my style of art tells stories about Africans. Right. It tells stories about who we are, yeah. what we do, and uh, the type of festivals. You know, I can draw a masquerade, you know, and the uh, drummers and this uh, audience, the spectators. Yeah. You understand? I can draw a farmer, mm. you know, I can draw a palm wine tapper, you know, I can draw a mother and a child, a child. on a on a back, back something yeah. like that. So yeah. So while I was in uni, I was making money because I was sending my artworks right, to right. you know. Well, who are the people buying these arts? Um, French people, British people, German people. They're like foreign people who come. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Where were you showcasing them? Where did they see them? Well, I I used to you know go to their houses you know like one on one. You know, oh, right, yes. right, right. So, right. like, when I so know like you, foreign expatriates in Nigeria who live in Nigeria, and then yeah, you go yeah. sell to them. Most of the lecturers at OAU then at the time, yeah, right, right. Or at the campus, I used to go around and send my artworks to them. And, and I was so lucky that if you buy my artwork today, so when your friend or your friends come to your house and they look at my, uh, in my artwork, they say, Oh, who is this artist? So can you, you know, re, you know, introduce us to him? Same time I come back to you, you say, oh, yeah, I've got you a few customers. <laughs> so that was what I was doing. Well, one thing I think you touched on that's very, very interesting and that, that we should know about, especially uh, the younger generations and people in the Western world, is uh, your specialization on the talking drum. What the hell is the talking drum? Okay, well, um, talking drum is a very special musical instrument that mimics the language or interprets human voices. We can use it to say anything. We can use it to oh, welcome, we use it to welcome people, praise people, abuse people, but, you know, that yeah. doesn't happen. <laughs> so it's a particular um, size, I mean, wood, size of a wood, a wood being cut down into a particular size. Yeah. Being, I mean, carved out and then make hollow, yeah, like a tunnel, right? Yeah, inside. And then, so we use animal skin, you know, for the two faces. So it was so surprising when um, I learned in this country that okay, recycling, recycling, and I said to myself, recycling has been going on thousands of years, of years back in Africa. In Africa, it? yeah, because when the animal dies naturally, so instead of just allowing the animal to get rotten away, we remove the skins and we make use of it, you know, for to make drum, yeah. So anyway, as I was saying. A particular size of a wood being, you know, it could be bigger, it could be small, whatever, carved out with hollow inside. Then you use animal skin for the two faces because it has two faces, like a tunnel. When you enter the tunnel, you come out on the other end. So now, and then 
we use animal skin to put the strings around the wood. Right. Yes. Right. And then that string tunes the drum like a guitar. Because you cannot put your guitar on your neck and play it with one hand like yeah. this until you actually use the other hand and just... And play both, yeah. So, yeah. so that is what talking drum is all about. So what's the purpose of it? Why did we have it and what impact? how did it impact our society? Come to think of talking drum, it's not only in Yoruba land that we can actually find talking drum. Uh, we can find talking drum in Senegal, in Mali, Right. And in the northern part of the country, in Nigeria, and the northern part of Nigeria. However, the Yoruba people, they are very proud of, you know, we are very proud of our culture. Yeah. So when the talking drum now come, came to Yoruba land, now the Yoruba people now started thinking of how they can elaborate the, you know, importance and the usefulness. So now... Talking drum, like I said earlier, we use it to start with. In the olden days, there wasn't any means of media. Yeah. No media at all. So anytime the queens and the kings has any messages for the for the, know, pe- for the yeah, town, for the, for the inhabitants mm. or citizens of that of the, of vicinity. The people, yeah. So they used to invite the talking drummer and the tank crier. The kings and the queen will pass the messages on to the talking drummer, and the talking drummer will go to the town center right. and broadcast, you know, the message to the people. Wait, Not wait, wait, wait. So the, the talking drum will communicate the message to the town crier. No, the talking drummer and the town crier. Yeah. So the king and the queen they will, you know, pass the message. Or the messages on to both of them. Okay. But the talking drummer will now go with the town crier right. to the town center. The the importance of having the town crier with them yeah. is just to like you know create awareness. Right. Because the town crier will play the, the gong, gong and all yeah, that to like, attract attention. Yeah to, yeah, to seek attention of the people and people yeah. will come and the talking drummer right. will start start passing on the messages on right. to the people. Right. So and so that's one. So, so wait, the talking drummer will talk the drum. That's And then right. the people will understand what the drum is saying. Of course, yes. Because if I say something with my drum today, yeah? Yeah. You don't know what I'm saying with my drum. Yeah. But the people around you, they know, they can understand what the talking drum is talking about. Right. And they echo it. So that means you've heard, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And the talking drummer play it tomorrow. People echo it again, you hear. So next time the talking drummer play it, you will understand. Right. Does that make any sense? Right, right, All right. right, right. So that's, that was how uh, the kings and the coins used to pass the message. the village. So uh, when I was talking about talking drum uh, years back, um, I said talking drum was the BBC of the year. Wow, <laughs> wow, wow. Anyway, so th- th- that's just one. In the olden days, yeah. different towns, cities, they used to wage war against each other. Right. Which happened in, you know, Western world as which, well. Which still happens yes. today anyway. Okay. So. so anytime the warriors are going to the battlefield, they used to have the talking drummers. Right. Because the talking drummer will be performing 
and we'll be giving them more energy and energy and we'll energy. Gingering them. Yes. Gingering the swagger. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, now let's go so and fight. Talk, so, talking drummer, you know, used to lead them to the battlefront. We we how far into the battlefront? <laughs> the talking talk drummer, you know, shoot the talking drummer, I go die. How far into the battlefront? All right, okay. If you are a warrior, yeah, yeah, and you have like maybe ten people behind you, yeah, so I'll be at the front. Okay, as a talking drummer. Yeah, I will lead you to the battlefield. When you get to the battlefield, I stay to one, at one side. Yeah, then I'll I keep on playing. Yeah, energize yeah, them exactly. to yeah, light so, of the door. Let's yeah, exactly, go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was how talking drummer was helping the warriors, you know, to win so many battles. Wow. And my grand my great granddad was one of them mm. that led so many warriors to the battlefield. And um you know, traditional talking drummers then they used to be like have that kind of spiritual power. So like my great granddad, his grand his grandpa granddad gave him just a heart right that anytime he was going to the battlefield he must wear, wear that, that heart. heart wow so okay. my dad told me that that heart in the front like this so they put something there so that when they shoot him you know it will never affect him wait, 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 wait. what will not affect him the bullet will not enter. the bullet you don't believe it. I don't, it was, it's, it's, I don't, it's I don't believe how. It's it's just, because he went to battlefield many years. Right. And he, re he returned safely. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, so now. Do you that's have another, that heart now or not? Well, that is what makes me like you know cry most of the time. Because if I do have that heart today, Invisible. I'll become a millionaire. Invisible. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. Because I have to, I will preserve it, and then I will, I will, you know, put it in a special place yeah. in Nigeria. Yeah. Um, that will be a tourist attraction for people. Wow. You understand? But unfortunately, pff, we are talking of maybe 150 years or 200 oh, years ago. Wow. Okay. Anyway, okay. so that's another uh, usefulness of talking drum, importance of talking drum. Okay. So we use talking drum for so many special occasions. Is the main musical instrument, hmm. yeah, be it wedding, naming ceremony, housewarming, chieftaincy, whatever, coronation, hmm. you know, anniversary, whatever. So the talking drum and festival, festivals as well. As well. Yeah. yeah, it could be Muslim festival, uh, or Easter, or Christmas, or masquerade festivals, yeah. and all these. Um, um, God, God, gods and, and goddess, goddess worshippers like yeah. Oshun worshippers Oshun, and, and all like those kind of so, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah. Wow, so that sounds that sounds like quite a lot. But I mean, you've told us now about the the relevance or the impact of of the talking drum to to Africans. However, you have performed before the Queen of England for the Queen of England. You have performed for the King of England. You have performed for Richard Branson. You have performed on Come Dine With Me. You have performed on all these big things. How are these people in England, the Western, who are not Africans, who don't understand the significance of the talking drum, how were they able to relate to what you are saying and the King of England 
breaking all protocol, coming to meet you to shake you, say, bros, you try. Bro, what's going on? How? Well, you know, it, it didn't start there. It has, I've been around for quite a long time. Hmm. And like I said to you earlier, when I was 15 years old, I said something struck my mind. It was like, you know, when you heard a message, you know, that, you know, you can make this thing a big deal. Yeah. So now, and since then, I've been working about how can I make it a big deal? All right. So I was actually brought to this country as a performing and visual artist. Right. Yes. I didn't even know who brought me, who gave me the work permits. Because I How used to... Yeah, okay. <laughs> I will explain it to you. Right. Don't forget that... You don't know who brought you. Li listen, don't forget that I told you that I was selling my artworks to yes. different, different nationals. Yes. Okay. So there was a particular lady at German Cultural Center wow. in Victoria Island. In in she's late now. We are so resting peace. So she was a German. She likes me so much. I like my artworks. Wow. And she was processing how, you know, I can travel out of the country. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, one way or the other, I, you know, <laughs> I got a work permit to come and work, you know. Through in this the, woman. Yeah. Wow. Wow. As a performing and visual artist and, you know, I was in uh, northwest of England, in uh, Manchester. So I used to walk in Cheshire, um, Lancashire, Yorkshire, every from one school to another, one school to another. So so far so good. I've worked with over five hundred private and community schools within wow. the UK. Wow! You know, teaching them arts of Africa. Hmm. So and I didn't relent. Yeah. I relocated to London. Okay. When I got to London, when that was wasn't sorry? When was that? That was nineteen ninety three. Uh how many of you were born there? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So when I came to London Well you relocated to London nineteen ninety three. Yes. So wow, bro. Now, yeah, Hello, no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, time, yeah, so but. when I got to London, yeah. I realized that there was no resident uh, live band, yeah. So, unless the musicians came from Nigeria, then you know, that's some talented people, you know, they are very good in playing guitar and yeah. singing. So, we just formed, it started to you know, form a band. Yes, and then we started the live band in London. Okay, I did not relent there. But one day before we started the band, when I came to London, like maybe a month or six weeks after, I was out of pocket. Mm. I was completely broke. And I had on that day one pound, one pound 70 pence on me. However, I remembered what my dad said to me. He gave me his drum. Yeah. That he started when he started performing. So he had one drum and he gave it to me when I was traveling. And he said to me, anytime you have this drum, you will never, never lack. Wow. So I took that drum and I went to Clapper North Station and I was busking. Oh, so you started out as a busker. Yes. Wow. And 
Before you and knew by it. the way, just to say to our viewers, especially those who are probably not in the UK and all that, Bosker <laughs> is someone you see, those people guys you see in the um, no. train stations and bus stations and all that, stay in one corner, have this little bag before them and then they're playing some mad skill music <laughs> to, to, to raise money to, to survive. So you started as that. Yeah, yeah. So, and before you knew it, you know, the, the, the guy controlling the station mm. came to me and kicked me out. Wow. Okay. And he said to me that I was making a hell of noise. And I look at him like this. You don't know whom who you are dealing with. Hey, and I said to my God, you know who I be. and I said to my God, oh, almighty God, I've, been, I've just been kicked out of London underground. Wow. I'm praying to you to help me to perform at different, different high places. Um, different, different, you know, very uh, VIPs, and what followed that? I was invited to perform at Labour Party campaign. Where? How did that happen? So, from being kicked out of an underground station yeah. where you are busking, yeah. How did you get that transformation to being invited to come up? Yes, because with Party because then people have known me, so anytime they are doing anything, any occasion, they used to invite me to come and perform. So, one uh, late uh, councillor, she too in Sodok. So um, she was member of Labour Party and then she recommended my service to Harriet Hammer, former uh, uh, deputy Labour leader. Leader, okay. Okay, okay so, okay. and I went to perform for them. So after that, I just, you know, my phone just went over and said, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm calling from uh, Virgin Atlantic, you know, Airways. Uh, yeah, are you available Ooh, so, so day? Now we're you know, getting on to can the you, biggie. Can you <laughs> come and perform, you know, during the inauguration of the first flight from Lagos? I mean, from London Heathrow to Lagos. To Lagos, wow. And I said, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, okay, let's, let's talk. Then we, you know, okay, we, we had, like... An agreement. Then I went to perform for Sir Richard Branson. Ooh. So, Tell us about that experience. How did that go down? Uh, what, was, yeah. what was Sir Branson like? What's that man like? We all he, know he's this he, big money he man. He is very friendly because when he came around on the day and, you know, they introduced me because he didn't contact me. Don't forget. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and the guy that contacted me, you know, introduced me. Oh, this is Mr. Culture, you know. Okay. And then, then we shook hands. Then I took him around my artist. So this is Mr. Uh, Femi. This is Mr. Ayatola. This is Mr. You understand? So it was so friendly. And after that, he went and changed into, you know, Africa, traditional outfits. <laughs> so I was playing for him. Like you were dancing when I was performing. Yeah. Then he was dancing. So I was the first person to enter Virgin Atlantic flight. The first one that went to left. Lagos. Yeah. From London to Lagos. Yes. So, however, when you just go to Etro Airport and you just check in and just travel like that, you don't know that there is life in that airport. When you go to VIP lunch at Etro Airport, yeah. then you. So, anyway. Wait, wait, so, wait, 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 wait. So what happens at, his, at VIP lounge? At, what, what are we going to see there? Because you, can, you cannot possibly go there. You need to take your passport, number one. Yeah. And when you, when, you, when, you, when you go there, non, uh, non, VIP lounge, you see is a comp 
completely different, you know, environment, environment or whatever. And all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes. And you because only that. billionaires, multi-millionaires, because big boys. Big boys. Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> so yeah, so anyway, so that's how things are just escalating, escalating. So after uh, performance for the for Richard Branson back in 2001. So following that uh, Jubilee Golden Jubilee celebration. Yeah. So after 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 that you performed for the Queen of England. No, no, no. After Sir Richard Branson's you know performance for yeah. him, so then I got you know invited to come and perform during the Golden Jubilee celebration of. Our the, late the Majesty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Queen of England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And the royal family. So wait, is it was it off the back of that, or were there other things you did that got you that call? Say, Ross, come and perform for the Golden Jubilee. Was it just that? Well, well, I w- I would just say that everything is in line with your mm. destiny. Right. And uh, if you are someone that is very passionate mm. with what you do. Yeah, me. I don't talk the talk. Mm. I like to walk the you walk. Do the do. Yes. So, Badest. if you invite me to perform at your birthday party, I will try my best possible to make sure that you are satisfied. Satisfied. I don't care how much you give me. Mm. As long as I agree to do anything, I will do it wholeheartedly. Wow. And that has been giving me customer. Uh, return customers yeah. and things Referrals like that. And so from word of mouth and stuff yes. like that. So people always recommend me, recommend wow. me, recommend me, recommend. That's one and core principle there. If you're watching, man, that's what core success principle so, from the Mister Culture. So yeah. know that. And give then, your all. Give one hundred and ten percent each yeah. time, regardless yes. of how much you pay. You got to sell yourself. Yes. Yeah. You never know who's and watching. Exactly. And that was how I, you know, ended up at a. Um, uh, Buckingham Palace. To Tell perform. us about that. Tell us about our experience in Buckingham Palace. We would, we, we, that's one we would love to be, you know. Well, you know, I, I was invited to perform. Firstly, we performed at the Ma. You know Ma? Yeah. The, the Ma. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, and um, we were performing, you know, like a, uh, we call it a processional uh, performance. Right. When you are walking and you are performing. So, in a procession. So, anyway. So, when we go to the coin, and uh, a late Prince Philip, ev- all the royal family. So I, well, I didn't know what happened. Everybody, all the other bands, they've been performing. They just, you know, go like yeah, that. Oh and when they got there, the our late majesty and the royal family, they were kind of applauding us. I didn't know how that happened. I'm telling you. So I think it has got to do with your destiny, you right. know, if you are destined to right. be like, right. you know, right. Right. recognized or famous or whatever. So, right, that's that's a very interesting one that you bring up because uh, this is a hero's diary, and we tend to bring people who come and talk about success, and generally everybody's talking about success. And what we realize is that everybody has different approach to 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 success. What I seem to get from you a lot more is the fact that success is more about destiny that you're predestined to become this thing. First of all, is that because of your African orientation? And secondly, how do you know your destiny? Well, it has something to do with your destiny, but not only that. Hard work, passion, uh, endurance, 
patience, perseverance, and many other things. Yeah? Because when you combine all together, then it will make you, you know, to be yourself like, yeah, whatever you want to do, then you do it wholeheartedly. So that's it. So because you're, you, you have, because you're destined to be this setting global figure, does not mean you have to just relax and, no. and then make it happen. You no. still got to put in the work, yeah. be determined, all those ingredients. I'm a critic. Yeah? I'm, I'm a critic. Hmm. I don't criticize you. I don't criticize anybody. I criticize myself. I've never, never got satisfied with my performances. Even this interview that I'm doing, if I watch it, you know, in future, yeah. I would say, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't say, you know, what I was supposed to have said, you know. So that kind of flame yeah. is in me hmm. burning. You understand? And that's just all about it, really. Wow. And I have confidence as well, confidence. That's another thing. You have to be confident in whatever you are doing. If you are not confident, you cannot really get to a greater height. So you've got to believe in, in what you're doing. Yes, now. Yes. What if you fail too much to believe? If, you know, there's some people, if you some people fail are going to through believe, stuff, you know, if you, you fail, want to be, you want to be, it's not no, happening, it's not happening. How you, do you believe? Listen, when you, when you fail to believe, you can, it, will, it will be very hard for you to be successful in life. You have to have that kind of belief. If you are a striker, you must. You are playing football. You are a striker. They put you in, you know, up front to score, to go and score the goal. There are, you know, maybe four. Even before you get to there, maybe the midfielder will want to stop you. When you pass the, you know, through them, you get to the defenders. Mm. They want to stop you from scoring the goal. Yeah, you pass through them. There's a goalkeeper. Who wants to stop you from scoring the goal? But no, you believe that I'm going to score a goal, and you will score it. Yeah, it's it's basically it's, that's it's, confidence. It's, it's basically saying I think more than confidence. What you're alluding to is more is still destiny. So you have to have this deep inner conviction that you're meant. This is what you're meant for. Yeah, maybe mental, mentally, you know, the way I don't know. Yeah, I I, I tell you one thing. Yeah. Okay, I was contracted to perform for. Oxfam. Hmm. And then there was this event at Travaga Square. So late Momolam. Okay. Former uh, another island secretary. Okay. So um, she was, you know, just making a speech. So and I said to myself, I've come here to perform. I don't think that um, maybe anybody will recognize me. So, so as it, she was going to make a speech, I just played my drum to escort her there. Before you knew it, I was on BBC News wow. <laughs> that night. So, and another thing, when I was, uh, when I performed for uh, His Majesty the King, uh, King Charles III at uh, St. James's Palace. Yeah. So I was invited to perform for him, you know, to come into the, or, uh, to usher to, to the, the uh, St. James's Palace. Yeah. And I said to myself, if I just let him go like that, every, all eyes will be on him. Nobody will recognize me and my son because I went with my son. 
And I said, okay, when he was coming, then I was, I was performing. He was walking so fast. And I said, oh, Prince, you know, walk slowly. You know. I said, well, oh, you told so. him. Yeah. Oh. And he said, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. You I'm told so- our king. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. I said, no problem, sir. Okay. So when they opened the double doors, so I was still performing. Everybody was like, and I stopped playing the drum. And I was looking at him. He was looking at me. And what did I do? I gave him a drumstick. And he said to me, what will I do with it? Shall I bang it on your head? I said, yes. <laughs> I said, You've got... It was like, I'm you know, kind of giving order. I said, yeah. you've got to play the talking drum. Wow. And he did. What followed that? I was in front of all national newspapers. In media. In media, yeah. And it was all on all British you know, TV channels. Wow. So how, how was that experience? What did that do to you, basically? Where did that take you after performing for, I mean, at that highest level? Yeah, it keeps, it keeps me going. It keeps me going because I'm not where, you know, I'm really targeting. I want to perform at number 10 Downing Street. Yeah. Yeah. And it will happen one day. One day, soon, soon. But, I mean, you've been in this game for a long time. You're, you're calling years that, like I said, so many of our viewers are not even born then, man. That's been such a long, long career. What has kept you going and kept you delivering? Is it this? Is it what your father said? Or was it, is it destiny? What is it? Why are you still so... Because it looks like you're just starting, bro. That's what it yeah. looks like. It doesn't even look like you've been there since like all these years. Yeah, what can I say? I can say ego. Hmm. Yeah? And I can say legacy. Because I want to live a legacy. Right. Yeah? No matter how long I live on, on this earth, when I go, I want to live a legacy. I want people to remember me. Yeah. Yes? So uh, that's what, you know... Keeps, keeps you going. going, yeah. Wow. You know, you've been talking about all this, and I mean, since this, all this long, ah, God, it's been a career, man. From like 1900, <laughs> I, can, <yeah. laughs> I think it was you started from like 1800 and something <laughs> to like 2000. That's like centuries, man. Actually, Bro, 1400. How you kept 1400. Oh my God, it's been, it's been, yeah, yeah. Because you just said about your grandfather, and great, 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 your ancestors. Oh my God, look. How have you kept relevant in all this time, you know, like to keep your thing going, to keep people listening to you, people, people keep calling you, calling you for bigger stuff? How, man? Yeah, I mean, it's just like it has got to do with uh, um, legacy, yeah. you know, and then that kind of belief that when, when I go out there to perform, hmm. I want to make sure that everybody enjoy my performance. Yeah. I might not do it because I'm very hard on myself. I criticize myself a lot. So, however, um, I want to try my possible best, you know, to make sure that um, I do what, you know, I'm capable of doing. Yeah. So that has given me an edge. Mm? And people always recommend me, you know, to many people, oh yeah, it's the one, it's the one, it's the one. So, like you know, I went to perform for the CEO of London Heathrow Airport. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Last month. So. Is it Nigeria? 
no, 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 no. Oh. You are talking of Gatwick, you know. You know, the CEO of London Heathrow Airport is a British man. A man. So, so why did you go to perform for him? Why did they get you to perform for him? <laughs> Look, many Nigerians, many Africans, they, many people, they don't, because I'm a very humble person, yeah. they don't know who I am. But out there, people always people read know. me. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I went to perform you know, for them during the Black History Month in 2019. And I did, you know, I gave them like a mouth-watering, you know, a show. Badest. And, and they brought us back. Talking about performance and all this thing, Afrobeat is taking over the world, which is Nigerian hip-hop music, pretty much. It's taking over the world. Shout out Whiskey, shout out Burner Boy, shout out Rema, shout out all these guys. They're killing it out there. And... This feels like the new way we're selling Africa to the world. How do you think uh, Turkey Drum and all this is going to fit into that? And how do you feel you're going to fit into the new... Because the culture now is, sorry, is young people and young youth culture is not talking Drum. How is this going to work? How do you want to make this blend? Why? People don't... You know, some people don't like one of our guys, a Nigerian Yoruba guy, one of our guys in entertainment industry. I'm really sorry to say this. He was chatting shit, giving Mike the credit that was supposed to be given to given to me. He was giving it to Don Jazzy. I was the one that Whoa. initiated talking drum to Afrobeat when I. Played on Ijoya by Weird MC. Right. Lyrics, right, slowly, right. go, go. Lyrics, slowly. Oh, I'm the one that played it. Ah. And this guy was chatting, she said, Don Jazzy was using keyboard to play. How possible is that? I'm the one that initiated the talking drum on Afrobeat. And what happens now? Adekunle Gold. Uses talking drum, uh, Bonaboy uses talking drum. Yeah, yeah. But I am the first talking drummer to play on Afrobeat. So are you trying? Are you collaborating now with these guys? Because apparently this is huge. This is big. This is our culture, and in terms of selling our culture to the world, we got to move with the times. What the world? What the world wants to hear now is what Bonaboy, Wizkid, Rema, and all these guys are playing. Are you? Are you seeing any sort of collaboration with hip-hop artists, with Afrobeat artists, with guys to, to make this a bit more accessible to the coming generation? Because, okay, you played for the queen and the king, but what about the young guys? What about the guys who are trooping O2, the 20, 60,000 people who are going to the O2 arena to listen to Kids scatter the ground and burn out, we're going to go, all this kind of stuff. How is Turkin Drum going to influence or be a part of these guys? Okay. So I'm saying this to all those Afrobeat, uh, you know, celebrities, stars. Yeah. Yeah. So they need to incorporate talking drum into their music. War release, you know, sold Ijoya was talking drum. Yeah. And the percussion that I played on it. Yeah. And after people realized that because Ijoya was like... <laughs> It's hit like anything yeah. in Nigeria. Yeah. So everybody was playing, there is slowly go, go. But nobody knows me. Like, 
I don't want to mention the guy's name. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those, I mean, popular guys, you know, saying, you know, Don Jazzy play. I used to drop Don Jazzy at home when we used to perform with Solek. So, so with why are JJC. you know, Because you used to drop Don Jazzy. You've got this yeah. relationship with Don. Don Jazzy is now creating some of the world's biggest now, artists. I will tell why you. are you not working with Don Jazzy to give? Because I'm going to give you a good example. Uh, the Igbo guys. Look mm. at people like Flavor, like uh, Nigaro, like all these other guys who are, they're, they're coming out with tunes that have core Igbo beats. When you listen to all these, uh, the lion is yeah, it's very, very cultural. It has a lot of, I'm not the best with music, forgive me, but it has a lot of Igbo instrumentals and stuff yeah. like that. Why are we not having that with, why do you not, why are you not, are you, are you trying in any way to infuse these Bits into contemporary. What I mean, contemporary, like Afrobeat, yeah. which is what right is selling okay. right now. Right. Um, talk of promoting our culture. You can promote our culture in different ways. Most of these, okay. For example, you, do you know about TEDx? Uh, TEDx Houston. TEDx Houston. Well, TEDx talks is in the no, TEDx right. everywhere. They call yeah. it TEDx Houston, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I was invited to come and perform, and Adekule Gold was invited, you know, to just you know talk about himself, and then apparent before that time, I was yeah. invited to come and rehearse with Adekule Gold because he didn't bring his talking drummer from Nigeria. So anyway. We couldn't rehearse on the day because we couldn't get the, a you know guitarist. Following that, his manager now saw me on the day. I wanted to go and say hello to Adekule Gold. She was like, "You this?" I said, "Okay, my God, okay, fine, no problem." Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So let them do whatever they want to do. Me, if they, anybody wants to do anything with me, yeah, my door is open to anyone. Yeah. It's like Don Jazzy. I'm just waiting for Don Jazzy. Um, what's the other guys that sing uh, Mika Tedem, the Coco? The Banj. The Banj. I'm waiting for them to meet them one on one again. And I'm waiting for their responses, yeah. how they will respond to me. Because yeah. many of them, when they are successful, you know, they have little success. It gets into their. So I can't really be going, you know. I mean, start going to them one by one. Say, yeah. oh, can I? Yeah. You know, my name is out there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. If they come here, you know, I yeah. want to You're have a chance. Yeah, I'm willing, willing to. You know, to talk to them. But would their managers allow me to even have an access to them? Me that have access to the king over yeah. here. Yeah. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But however, what the foundation that I've laid, hmm. yeah, is yeah. So they, they are building on it now, yeah. Because like I said to you, Bonaboy just took one guy from here in on tour yeah. last year, hmm. you know, and they were on tour for like three months, right? Yeah, and Adekunle Good has brought his talking drama to Western world on a few you know occasions. So that's a legacy, yeah. Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but I want, I'm saying this live. You know, I want everybody to know. I am the one that played talking drum 
you know, on Ijoya yeah, by, by Weird MC. Because one guy was giving my credit to Don Jazzy. Don Jazzy only played the, you know, keyboard, you know, and Don Jazzy was a co-producer. He was not the main producer. The main producer, yeah. If we can find a way to infuse our traditional African beats, this is stuff of our great-grandfathers. This is stuff that means a lot to us. But it find does. a way to infuse it into what is selling right now, what the world wants to listen to, yeah. and how we can bang it with the banging Afrobeat tunes uh, and I sell mean, it to the world. That would be like a, a USP for them. Yeah. Unique selling points. Yeah. Because when you, when you incorporate other things you know, into what you are doing, yeah. you know, you know, it gives you like an edge. It gives you recognition. So I'm willing to perform for anybody with anybody that wants to work with me. That's fine. They're welcome. Yeah, that's they it. Welcome. And you're the first to say it. Coach, you want to work? You want to find a way to you know. incorporate these banging Nigerian traditional yeah. African tunes into you know? And I'm the real deal. I'm the real deal. You're the baddest. Honestly, I am because I've got that kind of. Yeah, the timeless. Yeah, the timeless. All that timeless. That video is going on about timeless. So this is the timeless. Yes, that's you know, right. No, no, no. That's, 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 that's really, really, so. really good. What's the plan? Where are you going with this? Where do you see this? Yourself. I know I've said it about mixing with Afrobeats and all that. But for you, where do you see this going? How do you... What's the future? Okay. Now, when I sat down about what I do, and I said to myself, okay, I need to leave a legacy. Yeah. All right, so what do I have to do? Then I thought about so many Africans, millions of Africans in the United Kingdom. Then I asked myself a question. Where is the meeting point at least once in a year? I can't find any. Then I started, you know, uh, uh, a cultural event. African Cultural Gala Night to bring Africans together to felicitate, network, socialize, and, you know, just marry, marry together. And then I did that 2019. The COVID started. Okay, we stopped. We came back last year. You know, it was a top-notch event because this event you know, um, includes diplomats, uh, eminent personalities, uh, elites, you know, professors, doctors, and things like that. So, so I've got an annual cultural night, which is coming up on October 6th, 6th of October, yeah. this year right. again. Where so is that? At Decorium in Woodgreen. N226 UH. Yeah. So I'm, you know, so that cultural night, you know, that I'm doing is a legacy mm. because it, look at Nothing Here Carnival. Yeah. It started somewhere. Yeah. So we Africans, you know, we need to make this a big deal as well. African Cultural Gala Night UK. Let's make it a big deal. Super amazing. Okay. So on a last note now, let's, let's hear you give us some. In interesting words of encouragement, of advice, of you know, there's there's a lot of young people out there. There's perhaps there's people who want to be where you are, or even if we just want to 
achieve what they want to achieve. You've been through the ranks. You've achieved. You've played in the biggest. I mean, if you've played for the Queen and King of England, I don't know yeah. where else you can go after that because even number 10 is kind of below that. In a way. I know. You know what I mean? Well, um, but uh, for their chosen field, these young boys and girls all over the world in Africa and all these places, what are you going to say to them and how to achieve their dreams? Okay. Uh, what I will say to them, what I will say to them is number one, they must have a mentor. Hmm? You must look up to someone that I want to be like this one hmm? in the nearest future. Also, don't believe that you want to live an ordinary lifestyle. Like you just want to be you know, a random person. Why can't you be extraordinary? Why can't you do something that will expose you out there in a good way? Yes? So, and also, you must be thinking about your future, not just today. And I always say to my children, the way you see life, life is not like that. Because they always, all the young ones, they see life as very easy things. Life is very difficult. So you need to, you know, be, you have to have what is called ambition. Mm. Hmm? Then you work towards that ambition and then, and then you listen to your dad, your mom, you know. If elders. You know, if you listen to, elders. to your elders. So listen you, to your elders. You, Young you, people of nowadays. Hey. If you have any questions <laughs> or you want them to uh, encourage, um, to advise you, yeah. So build a relationship with your parents. Don't deviate. Because when you leave your parents, you know, you take them as, you know, like, strangers or whatever, then you have other people out there that will mislead you. Yeah, yeah. So that's my dad changed my career and I'm still praying for him to, to have done so. That's, yes. Whew. Is All that right. believable? Yes, so big, big, big strong word. And you're the first, Mr. Culture himself, selling yeah. Africa to the world. Like I said in the beginning, if you want to know Africa, if you don't know Africa, now you know. Then just before we go, please, uh, you can echo go for it. Like, I want everybody to please buy your ticket on Eventbrite. When you, when you type African Cultural Gala Night 2023, then you... You said that's in it. October, ain't it? 6th of October. 6th of October. Hopefully you're watching it before then. 6th of October. Yeah. So yes, please. Event bright, 6th of October. I will be there. Yours truly will be there. Make sure you get your tickets on Eventbrite. Our producer bright. is going to be there as Everybody. well. Everybody. We're going to rock the show <laughs> right there. You know what I mean? Like, seriously. But we need to promote our own. We need to Culture, sell yes. like, uh, some of the baddest dignitaries and celebrities and successful guys we've had here, we've had on this show. Like they always keep saying, if we don't tell our story... No one else is going to tell it. No. It doesn't matter how you tell it. Whether you tell it right or wrong, tell it anyway. Because if not, others are going to tell your story. And guess what? They won't tell it the way you want. They will tell it in the wrong way. In the wrong way. In the wrong way, yes. Badass, <laughs> Mr. Anyon, yes. the first. Yes. Baba Culture, one more thing to go. I need to okay. play that drum, man. Uh, you want, you I need want... to show my skill. Ah. Oh, yeah, let's do it.
come to you because this yeah. is your very first time, very first time. to handle the talking there, I'll take lessons, I'll yeah. take lessons, yeah. I'm yeah. going to get it. Thank you so much. My yeah. first. Thank yeah. you so much. I really appreciate you coming on this, man. Really, not just teaching me, teaching us about culture, teaching us about everything, and teaching us more success principles as well. Thank you so much, brother. God bless you, and God continue to give you more wisdom to show the light to the world. It's Hero's Diary. We'll see you in the next episode.